0: What is going on trash talkers we are back with another episode for you today we start off by congratulating both the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers for having punched their tickets to face off in the NBA Finals we debate who will come out on top and who you will be your finals MVP then we hop over to the UFC where we break down the title fights on the UFC 253 main card and discuss what each champion has to look forward to next. Finally, we go over all the important news and notes from week three of the NFL season. All that and much more coming your way right now. Nick, how's it going? What a week it's been, and it is only I, I guess Wednesday for people that are listening to this, but Tuesday as of recording. Yeah. I mean, we just had a jam-packed weekend full of sports. Started off with the UFC. Uh Lakers won on Saturday, Heat won on Sunday. We had all that football on Sunday and a major game yesterday that was fun to watch, but it opened my eyes to the Chiefs offense even more. <laughs> yeah i mean there was a lot of great sports a lot of things happened over the weekend i think we just need to jump right in so the first and foremost uh like i said in our opening congratulations to the miami heat and the los angeles lakers for moving on to the nba finals uh much you guys uh as those teams definitely deserved their wins they put the time in uh and uh overall were, we're better than the, you know, the Celtics and Nuggets respectively. Uh, let's start off with the Heat versus the Celtics. Uh, Heat defeat the Celtics in game six to move on to the finals. Uh, what did you see from the Celtics that uh, you liked and you didn't like? Yeah, I, Coming to the series, I thought they were just drained. It seems like they were able to hold on for the majority of the game, but then they just got gassed in the fourth quarter and that's when they started to fall apart and the Heat really started to take over and They really had troubles defending guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. And these are all the stars that that have come to shine for the Heat throughout the the playoffs in the bubble. It's just been a a real team effort by the Heat and something that no one has really had an answer to thus far. Yeah, for sure. I I think, um, you know, what the the Heat played an incredible brand of basketball uh some would say it's on par with exactly what pat riley and uh, uh eric spolster want to put out there on on the court but overall I, I can't take away from the heat uh what i can say though is that i i think the celtics were absolutely gassed after that toronto raptor series that they, they were just you know that they had little to nothing left in the tank. Obviously, without Gordon Hayward, you know people were playing extended minutes, and that that was a series where you had multiple overtimes in multiple games, and uh, it it came down to the wire. And the Celtics, when they had to face a more physically dominating team like the Heat. Uh, it was all but over for, right from the get go. Um, I, I tried to be optimistic. I tried, as a Celtics fan. I, I I believe. I truly do believe that the Celtics have the the talent to be able to take on the Heat and win win the seven game series. Uh, when everything is, you know uh level the playing fields are matched and everything like that but i don't like i said i don't want to take away any credit from from the miami heat they absolutely steamrolled their way through the eastern conference on their way to represent the east in the nba finals on the other side of the coin we have the lakers steamrolling their way through the western conference finals uh, or to up to the western conference finals then beating the nuggets in five games and uh you know how i love my boy 40 ball jamal right um, what did you see from the Lakers that has you hyped for the NBA finals? The amount of superstars they have on this team. And I think it goes well beyond Anthony Davis and LeBron James, because guys like Kyle Kuzma and Alex Caruso and Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, these are guys that have really stepped up in the playoffs and they have, uh, really, really shined for them and, you know Anthony Davis and LeBron James have either been trading off nights where one has 40 points and then the other has 40 points another night or they just have a, a, a night where they both have 40 points you know it, it's just something that is impossible for anybody to stop they've won every single playoff series so far 4 to 1 and i just think that this is a nightmare matchup for for the heat for for everybody that they face it, it's just something something nobody has an answer to And I don't think that the Heat will either. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, You know, the the Denver Nuggets, uh, I believe that they're just a little too young uh, and just they don't have the requisite star power to collectively hang in there with the Lakers. Obviously, they came back from 3-1 against both the uh, the. Um, Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, And some would say the Denver Nuggets are the ones that forced Doc Rivers out of his job uh, in Los Angeles. But uh, overall, I believe that the the Nuggets have a lot to learn from. They have a lot to gather. Uh, They are on the right track. Forty Ball Jamal, Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. They they have what it takes to not only get better, but these guys are absolute studs. They are superstars in the making. I will gladly be ready to see them uh you know shine through uh especially toward the end of LeBron's reign in the NBA uh at the end of his career. Uh I believe that this Denver Nuggets team has what it takes to really push push the envelope and could represent the West in the NBA finals for years to come. Um with that being said, like I said this the stage is set, right? The Lakers and the Heat, that is our finals matchup. That is what we get uh, in this forever uh, crazy 2020, 2020, or 2019, 2020 uh, NBA season. Um, first, tell me who you got, why, and then who's your NBA finals MVP will be. Yeah, like I said earlier, I don't think there's an answer to the Lakers. So I have the Lakers winning this. They've won every series four to one, and I don't see it changing now. Lakers will win in game five. 4 to 1 series. Anthony Davis is going to be unstoppable. I don't think Bam Adebayo is going to be able to handle him. I think he's going to be caught between a rock and a hard place with AD and Dwight Howard not knowing who to cover. They're going to be, you know, you know, playing weird uh, st- you know, a crazy style that no one has really had an answer to. Obviously Jokic hasn't been known for his defensive style and Bam is obviously better but i still think that he's going to struggle with these two and anthony davis is going to still be as towering of an offensive player as he's been and he's going to take advantage of bam out of bio and be the star for the lakers in the series so lakers win anthony davis finals mvp um interesting that's an interesting take uh, and you know, it seems like you're right on par with what Vegas has. Vegas has the Lakers in five, uh, they have it as five and a half games, I believe, bless you, by the way, um, five and a half Thank games. You. So, you know, you're right there on the, on the under, um, I, my prediction wholeheartedly, I believe the Miami heat will win this series in seven games. I believe that, when you have a a team that is managed by pat riley coached by eric spolstra both who who have done it before they've been there they understand what it takes jimmy butler and these boys are not afraid of a damn thing they are not afraid of lebron james they're not afraid of anthony davis they are not afraid of the lakers in the finals um when you talk about the guys that they have on this team goran Drogic, duncan robinson tyler hero Jay Crowder, so bam out of bio, so on and so forth. These guys have constantly been passed over in their careers. We're talking about Duncan Robinson, who was looking for a sports media job coming out of college because he didn't think he had a shot in the NBA uh, or that anybody would give him that shot. Or Tyler Hero, who went on record today, is saying that he remembers all 12 names that were selected before him in the NBA draft. Goran Dragic, who has been a point guard on multiple teams uh, and not taken seriously. these guys, Jimmy Butler has his own story that we all know well in you know uh, Chicago, then to uh, Minnesota, then to Philadelphia, finally finding a home in Miami where he's been able to do his thing. Uh, these guys... They've been through it all. And uh, when you talk about the teams that they had to go through in the East, you're talking about the Milwaukee Bucks beat them in five. You're talking about the Boston Celtics beat them in six. These are two of the top defensive teams in the NBA, let alone the Eastern Conference, right? So when you're talking about the players that they had to go through, the schemes and you know the, the just the the work that they've had to put in, They have been able to go against length, they've been able to go against strength, they've been able to go against quickness, and it seems like there's no answer for what they can put out there. They are able to adapt and do whatever they need to do to win these games. Yeah, uh, so I I just want to finish. My NBA Finals MVP, I believe, will be Duncan Robinson. Don't do not sleep on Duncan Robinson. This man is is definitely learning more than just a a three-point shot. He can drive to the basket and get his own now. I'm really interested you wouldn't go with Tyler, Tyler Hero in that situation, the guy who is the star of this uh series against the Celtics. Tyler Hero coming off the bench is a little <laughs> different. Uh Duncan Robinson is the starter. Uh they share the same spotlight, um but I believe Duncan Robinson is more of a um he he's going to benefit more from Jimmy Butler's ability to drive into the hole Goran Dragic's ability to create his own shot and then Bam Adebayo being the pick and roll master that he is it's going to be really interesting to see how the young guys on the heat are able to handle the veterans on the Lakers you know it's uh it's kind of old school versus new new, new school yeah It absolutely is. And you talk about the Lakers, Rajon Rondo has been there and done it before. LeBron James has been there and done it before. Dwight Howard's been to the finals with the Orlando Magic. Anthony Davis, this is his first real ride in, right? Kyle Kuzma the same way. So I'll be interested to see how all of that goes. JaVale McGee obviously won with the uh, Golden State Warriors. But, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is going to be one hell of a matchup. I'm really excited. Um you know ho- hopefully they give us a, a good series nonetheless I- i'm really excited and we all know what this is all about this season this this finals this is for kobe um you know what we're, we're all thinking about kobe especially with the lakers being in the finals it just it makes all too much sense right now so um uh, but that wasn't the only thing that happened right uh we we have to move on to the ufc the UFC had an incredible card this weekend. Uh, Nick, I'm going to let you break it down a little bit for everybody. Yeah, so the, the co-main event started off with Jan Blahovitz, and I'm probably saying that wrong, but we're just going to roll with it, all right? Jan Blahovitz versus Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes had that great fight with John Jones in February where he should have won, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions, but the judges saw it another way and this was his uh, the the time for him to shine him his time to get the light heavyweight championship that he should have gotten in february and all he had to do was beat Jan belohovitz a guy who has been a journeyman who has made some corrections in his game and has been on a four game win streak and then everybody was was didn't even give Jan a, a you know a real look until as soon as that bell rang, as soon as the, the match, uh, the fight started and Jan absolutely dominated Dominic Reyes, kicking him in the in the ribs. Those legs kicks were absolutely brutal, cutting him up, leaving in absolutely crazy imprints that that are probably still there and going to be there for a while. And, and then in the second round, hitting him with some nasty combinations to the to the uh, to the head. That dazed him, knocked him down, and that's when Jan took over and closed out this fight. It was all lopsided. It was one-sided for Jan, and he proved that he should, shall not be overlooked anymore, and that he is the new light heavyweight champion in the UFC. One hundred percent. I believe that uh, Dominic Reyes is one of those guys where he holds so much name value. And obviously, for good reason, he was the number one contender to John Jones before the title was vacated. Um, So it's interesting to me uh, with Jan Blahovitz what what he is able to do. At his size, because you look at him and you'd say there's no way he's a light heavyweight, just the sheer mass that he looks like he has um, the 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 broadness of his shoulders, his, the 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 size of his his arms and his ability to to move at the same speed as somebody like Dominic Reyes. It just doesn't compute that something like this could absolutely happen, but it does. And I believe Dominic Reyes came in there with with the wrong approach. His idea was to try to tire him out. He was going to try to play the long game and try to get him in rounds four and five. Uh, that you know that that's that's a good game plan until it backfires, right? Until, until you get hit in you, the mouth, <laughs> right? Until Jan blahovic says, "I'm not waiting. I'm attacking." And uh, that, you know, your, your game plan all, is all well and good until, you know, you have to start responding to somebody else's game plan. And I think Jan Blachowicz proved that he is a, a not only uh, the top of that weight class, but is somebody that should be feared and somebody that uh, needs to be taken seriously by the entire UFC, by his division and by the people that are watching the UFC as well. Yeah, and then we had the, the main event, which this has been hyped up for over a year now. This is something that ever since Adesanya won the belt from Whittaker, that he called out Costa. They finally got a deal done, and this fight was finally going to take place at Fight Island. And this was two two undefeated titans clashing together. It was going to be spectacular. We finally got to the point, and it was all one-sided, like the co-main event. Adesanya absolutely obliterated Costa, just got his number, played his game, he lured him in, he baited him in, caught him with a nice left hook that made him look like a human. It He didn't look like the Brazilian Hulk that, that has terrorized the middleweight division. And, no, he and, looked more like a bloated Ricky Martin. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> He he sure did, and once he was dazed, that's when Adesanya pounced, hit him with some nice combinations, knocked him down, and then closed it out, and it was all over from there. Absolutely amazing finish by Adesanya. I know Jared Cannoneer is probably going to be the next guy for Adesanya, but I don't even think Cannoneer's going to be uh, anywhere near Costa, uh, and I, I don't even think that there's anybody else in this division that can compete with Adesanya? Adesanya is going to be the champion of this division for an extremely long time. It'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Cannoneer and Whitaker oh, yeah. in UFC 254, um, because I believe, obviously, I believe the winner of that fight will will challenge Adesanya sometime next year uh, for the title. Either way, I I don't see how they would possibly match up well with him. Uh, We've seen what Adesanya can do to Whitaker, and it seemed like Adesanya was ready to call out Cannonier. He said, "I want you to like. Not only do you need to win, but you need to dominate in a win to be able to contend for this title. And if he, you know, if he doesn't, it's going to be very tough for him to go against the the style bender himself, right? Um, So. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm very excited. I do want to make a note though for the people all over social media that are going crazy about how he acted after his win. I have one thing to say to you. Shut the fuck up. Nobody cares that he hurt your feelings, okay? The fact remains is that this man, everything that they went through leading up to this fight, all the trash talk, all the media back and forth and then leading up to the to the uh altercation that they had at the weigh-ins. You know what? This this was well deserved. He deserved he has every right to do what he did. And it's not like he didn't shake the man's hand. It's not like he didn't go up to him and, and and tell him he was a good fighter afterward. He just, you know, he he was in the moment and I I was actually kind of happy to see that somebody you know, like Adesanya isn't willing to bow down to what people want rather continue to be himself. Well said. Um, all right. So UFC 253 in the books. Let's look forward to UFC 254. Nick will uh, talk more about that as we get closer. We'll break down the card and uh, go on from there. As we always do, the NFL is now in week three. And there were quite a few storylines that we had to catch uh, before uh, we move on, move on from the NFL. The first of which would be that for the second time in as many weeks, the Atlanta Falcons have given up a lead of more than 20 points. Do you, Nicholas, believe that this is the end for Dan Quinn as head coach of the Atlanta Falcons? Yes, and I don't know why he's still the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Why did they not fire him right after that game? If you lose massive leads in back-to-back games, how are you still the coach? A guy who has a losing record since losing the Super Bowl. True. It just does not make sense. Dan Quinn has lost whatever magic he had. He clearly can't lead a team to victory. I, I just don't know what you need to do. It's just the mismanagement of this team has been absolutely amazing in the worst way. And... It's time for Dan Quinn to go, because as soon as he goes, this team is going to start winning. Yeah, I mean, that the writing has been on the wall for a little while now. I would even say, you know, toward the beginning of last season, uh, you know, you, you blame injuries, you can blame lack of personnel, you can blame whatever you want. The fact remains that as soon as Kyle Shanahan walked out the door, so did their title hopes and so did the the heart of the team. It seems like this offense had took years to try to figure something out and now this is the f- the year that they finally kind of figured out uh how to how to get that offense going again. Even though they're still mismanaging how they use Todd Gurley in their running back situation, uh but now the defense isn't is an up to snuff. And what is Dan Quinn known for? He's supposed to be a defensive guru. That's why they hired him away from Seattle. And uh, at this point, it just doesn't seem to make a whole hell of a lot of sense why Dan Quinn is still employed. Uh, I, I know you've talked about Jay Gruden and how the, uh, you know, he said if uh, his, his uh, key access card didn't work on Monday, he knew he was fired. I'm not sure why the Falcons haven't shut off access to Dan Quinn's card. That's for damn sure. It's a great question. It really is. (laughs) Uh, But I want to share the same sentiment across the board, because if, if we're going to, if we're going to talk poorly about one coach, we have to do it about another. And the Eagles and the Bengals proved yet again, that they are two of the worst teams in the league after ending in a tie. And it's not just that they ended in a tie. It's how it happened. Um, First, before we go on which team do you think is worse at the current state of the NFL most definitely most definitely the eagles without a doubt yeah. this okay. is a team that with all their injury uh injury problems and Carson Wentz playing like a dumpster fire you know this is uh, obviously going to happen when when nothing is going right for you yeah it, you know again like i talked about with Kyle Shanahan and the falcons that Nothing has gone right for the Eagles ever since Frank Reich has left. Frank Reich was the epitome of what these Eagles did on offense. And then ever since then, Carson Wentz can't complete a pass. He ha- struggles turning over the ball. Um He he almost looks like a bigger dumpster fire than Mitchell Trubisky. Now, I'm not ready to go there just yet because we know where Mitch is. But (laughs) the fact remains that, uh, you know, Carson Wentz does not look like the guy that they drafted. He does not look like the guy that he he was before their Super Bowl run. Uh, And it almost looks like Doug Peterson is, is holding them back as far as their uh ability to uh take risks it seems like he tries to play it too safe now we're talking about the same guy that called philly special or philly philly and then also went for it on fourth and three on their own 40 yard line in the super bowl um i don't think that guy is there anymore and it begs the question do you believe this is the end for doug peterson in philadelphia no i really don't and i think it i alluded to it before it's not Doug Peterson, it's not the system, it's the injuries that they've had, it's the lack of personnel that they are that they have to use. They 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 have less personnel than the Washington football team. Like they just don't have anybody. They've lost multiple offensive linemen. They've lost uh safeties in the offseason. They've lost linebackers and the only thing that really stays consistent is this defensive line which it has been performing really well. They are my my biggest question is how long can we go on with the sentiment that there's injuries or last year that it was receivers that can't catch the ball because they was they led the league in drops. Um, I mean, you know, I, again, all these excuses start to mount up and then you get into a situation like Dan Quinn with the Falcons. I mean, at what point can we draw the line and say? this is enough Doug Peterson. He may not be the problem, but he's definitely not helping aid for a solution. And at that point, I believe that there needs to be a change at the top because you need to strike some fear into these players, into playing better, getting better physically, getting ready for the season. I mean, obviously season ending injuries happen to everybody, even the most athletic, you know, look at Saquon Barkley. Um, But it just seems like, you know, philadelphia just that they ever since that super bowl they have just floundered and i don't know what it is but it just seems like that they are still focused on that win and haven't moved on i mean it's kind of like the curse of bill belichick you know the the falcons aren't winning the eagles aren't winning the only one that are winning are the rams i just you know they've been in a lot of close games so I think that you have to give D- Doug Peterson another year. I think you need to let the players who are injured this year get healthy. I think you need to use the draft to get Carson Wentz some weapons or or build that defense back up to what it was. Use the, the offseason to sign some free agents that can help get your team to the, to the playoffs. I think give him one more year. And if not, then you either have to either move on from Carson Wentz Or you need to move on from Doug Peterson. And they might even just want to move on from Carson Wentz after this year if they can go get Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, when you talk about rebuilding their defense, they still have one of the better defensive lines in the league. Mm -hmm. Derek Barnett, Fletcher Fletcher Cox, and uh, Brandon Graham. Those three are absolute monsters on the field. And, uh, you know, they, they got Darius Slay from the lions and you know uh they they have they have the requisite talent i believe to compete but it an 0-2-1 record and the way they tied against the the cincinnati Bengals. i mean of all teams you're talking about the Bengals. i understand that this division is up for grabs and you know nobody has really taken a hold of what what could be the weakest division in football what is the weakest division in football um but it doesn't excuse an 0-2-1 start. It really does not. Um, I, I just want to, before we move on from this one, I, I saw earlier that Max Kellerman talked about a uh, trade possibility of uh, Carson went to the Indianapolis Colts so he would be reunited with Frank Reich. I think that's absolutely bullshit. Uh, a, don't ever listen to Max Kellerman, um, but first, there's no reason there's no reason that anybody wants to take Carson Wentz on his current contract that they signed him to. And there's no, the Eagles won't get anything out of it worthwhile. And then on top of that, you're going to have to expect that you're going to do worse than you know the, the Jets or whoever else is going to be trying to tank for a quarterback for next year. So I, I, just, don't, I just don't see the, the viability of, of that idea. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Philip Rivers, as bad as he is, has still gotten them some wins. And if he can't do it, Jacoby Brissett's still there, who's who's been there for a couple of years now and proved last year that he can get this team wins as well. So I don't think Carson Wentz is going to do any better than Philip Rivers or Jacoby Brissett. No, not not at all. Um, you know who will do better than uh, both of those guys though? Who? That would be Patrick Mahomes. The Kansas City Chiefs continue to dominate the NFL, and I mean dominate. Uh, They made the Ravens' defense look almost like the Jets' defense. Uh, Do you believe that there is a team that can stop, limit, uh, sneeze on the Kansas City Chiefs' offense? No, not even close. I thought it was the Steelers until the Texans' offense, uh, what it is, took away that uh, just – Completely obliterated that secondary. I thought that uh, they might give them a, a a run for their money, but no, I don't think there is. Uh, it's going to be tough for any team in the NFL to to limit them to less than twenty one points a game. And then this defense is playing a lot better than I ever expected them to to play. So whatever points the offense does put up, or you know the amount of points, try ever matching that because it's going to be impossible. So it doesn't matter if you can limit them to X amount of points on offense. You know, that that defense is going to limit you, your offense, to a certain amount of points. Yeah, it's going to be very tough. Um, The Chiefs are in a very good spot right now uh, with the way they're playing. But I'll give you a couple teams that I think could pose uh, issues for them uh one two of which are in their division the oak goodness oh i almost did it wow the las vegas raiders (laughs) and the los angeles chargers i believe those defenses have the requisite pieces to not only get pressure on the quarterback but can also do pretty well in coverage i think the raiders specifically match up well with speed I think that's what John Gruden and Mike Mayock have done out in Las Las Vegas. They've been able to gain uh, pieces that are going to match their division rivals with with the with the speed aspect of things. Where on the other side, I think that uh, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, uh, Chris Harris Jr. those those guys in Los Angeles. Uh, uh, what's the defensive tackle's name? Uh, linval joseph yep uh i think those guys are just going to use their power and absolutely bludgeon this this offense so I, I think they present different types of uh issues for the chiefs and it's going to be interesting how they respond do they respond poorly to the strength aspect or the speed aspect maybe both Maybe maybe either one i would also want to throw in um the new england patriots their their defense doesn't seem to have missed too much of a step, except for you know Russell Wilson torching them, um, who's have who is the clear cut MVP candidate right now, um, and then maybe even the Buffalo Bills. I, I would say the Buffalo Bills defense. Could, could do a very good job of limiting them because of the the rotational depth that they have on the front seven where they can constantly gain pressure and then they can pl- provide coverage on the back end with Tredavious White and Josh Norman and those boys. I don't know if Russell Wilson's a clear-cut MVP. I think Patrick Mahomes may have something to say about that. But way too early in the season, I agree with you. There are some teams, especially in their division, that can give them a run for their money, as we saw in Week 2. The Chargers only lost by, I think, a touchdown. so And that was Herbert's first game as a starter right. on short notice. Right. So, And you know, when the- you say short notice, <laughs> the start he found out right before kickoff. Literally start. right as soon as the game was kicking off, yeah. So this Chiefs team, uh, they're not invincible, but it's improbable for any team to beat them. I wouldn't bet against the Chiefs in any game. Yeah, it it'll be tough. I don't expect them to go 16 and 0. Uh they will falter here and there because of the just the way their schedule is built. Uh but overall, I believe that the, you know, they are they should be the requisite favorites to repeat in the Super Bowl. Definitely. Um so there there was some breaking news today. Um and it it caused quite a, a stir. Three Titans players and five personnel have tested positive for COVID-19. The team will not be allowed back into their facility until Saturday and will play the Steelers on Sunday. The NFL has stated they will keep games as scheduled but could move the game to Monday if deemed necessary. Uh, It should also be noted that the Minnesota Vikings, who they played last week, uh, has been told that they are not allowed to come together as a team or be in the facility for 48 hours. With that being said, should the NFL take action against teams that test positive for COVID-19? For sure. They need to start implementing harsher punishments on players and teams for not following protocol. And I don't care if it's not specifically set in the rules. You need to do what is tasked of you as an NFL athlete, someone who's trying to play the game of football at a professional level, during a pandemic you need to do what you have to and if that means not going anywhere besides home and work then that's what you gotta do that's how you that's how you avoid situations like this and if you're not going to do it your team will forfeit the game so so you're saying that the nfl should forfeit these teams yeah, it, it say the uh, Titans— just want to make sure I have no, you correct. No, say the Titans can't go on Sunday. They will forfeit the game to the Steelers. But my here's the issue with your premise, right? What about the Vikings? Do they have to forfeit if they can't go, if they have anybody who tests positive? Because yeah. all they did was play the Tennessee Titans. They did their you know, job. No, no. You know what? They will have to forfeit, but it's because of what the Titans did. And this is how everybody is held accountable. You have. So you're holding the Vikings accountable for what a Tennessee Titans player did. Yeah. And you know what? No. Yeah. every makes it. That's it. That's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. You know what? It's not you. That's how you hold everybody accountable, because if I know I'm doing my job, I expect you to be doing your job. And your but job. If you, but if I don't do my job, how are you gonna get punished? Then you're making everybody suffer. Then, then why have the game of football during a pandemic if we can't follow a couple rules? They're but they're not rules. That's the thing. These guys, these players were allowed to play. They were tested before the game. They didn't test positive. Before the game, and right. then all of a sudden, and, and we have happens. not, and we haven't heard of any Vikings player or personnel testing positive. So, in that aspect you know there shouldn't be any problems because if they tested positive then they would have been removed immediately and the game might have been postponed at that point but what if you're not doing anything wrong what if you get it from the team hotel what if you get it from from food that got delivered to you are you supposed to just stop living your life because of your job no you you are a human i'm not trying to get political but i think a lot of the science is pointed to the fact that it's covid isn't really living on anything you're, you're grabbing or anything that, it, like if, if your hotel's clean, we've been in hotels during this pandemic and we know that they are cleaned very thoroughly. We know, and I'm sure it's to the nth degree with the with the NFL players. I'm sure that every protocol is being taken by these hotels and, and the organizations are making sure of that as well. I, it's up to the players to make sure that they go from home to work and work to home and nowhere else and make sure that everybody they are surrounded with outside of their football team is, is not going anywhere. They don't have to be. You need right, to create there, your own if bubble. If their significant other is going to work or is going to do something that they need to do, uh, how on earth if, if they contract it and then give it to to the player how are you holding an entire team accountable for the significant other's actions? This is where your base does not make sense. Listen, if you're- There are too if many you're... factors that can lead to this no. one thing happening. No. Yes. If your significant other is, you know, say a nurse in a hospital, maybe you have to separate yourself and you have to live apart for the the duration of the season. You have, if you want to be in the NFL, you'll do what it takes to play in the NFL. If it doesn't matter, you will have to do what it takes. There's no shot. There's absolutely no shot. The fact remains is that, you know, people are going to continue living their lives. And just because you are a passionate fan of the sport does not mean that we can hold everybody accountable as far as forfeiting a game if you test positive. So, so it's why is that? that and then why are we playing this season if we're not going to be holding players accountable, holding teams accountable? Then what's the point? Hold them accountable financially. You can you can find them. You can do other things. You can suspend them. You can do things that can hurt them in other ways. But to hurt the, an entire team is just absolutely blasphemous at this point. That's how you really hit them where it hurts because everybody plays to win. I what you're trying to get at, but that's not how it's going to work. There is no way you can take an entire team and, and say you lose this game because two players couldn't go. There's just no Listen, way. If, if I'm a player in the NFL and I've been around my team for, what, two months now with training camp and, and games, I am going to do what it takes to protect the brother next to me. All right. And and I'm sure he is thinking the same thing for me. You're going to do what it takes. I get that sentiment, but you're not always in control of contracting something like a virus. It can happen with it without even knowing or understanding where in fact it came from. Right? So you're telling me that if somebody in some way, contracts this virus your team has to forfeit i think that is absolutely bullshit i think you need to come up with a different idea because forfeiting a a game what are we going to have are we going to have you know the the tennessee titans who you know had to forfeit two games in the season that they win their division because percentage point wise they've won more games than possibly the houston texans who might have won more games listen i'm only saying forfeit the game if you cannot go on sunday that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying if you test positive, one player tests positive, the entire team has to forfeit that week. No. I'm saying if you cannot go on Sunday and look, right now the Tennessee so Titans you only you have 3 on players. Sunday? How do you not go on Sunday then? If it's only 3 players, let them not go. That they-, they can't play. That's fine, okay. but I'm saying say you test positive on Saturday, you're SOL, man. You know, that that you, what, you're screwing why are yourself. You- But if one person tests positive on, say, Saturday, and everybody else is fine, get them the fuck out of there. I don't understand how you can still make a team forfeit the game. Look, AJ Terrell tested positive. They shouldn't be able to go on Sunday. AJ Terrell tested positive for the Falcons on on Sunday, and he didn't play. But no one else on the the Falcons. Falcons were fine. They didn't have to forfeit. Right, because none, no one else tested positive, and they were fine, and nothing has occurred since. Right, then. you just proved my point for me. But you just proved my point because there is no way, unless an entire team contracts it. No, when you, and you when you when you have three players and five personnel, that, that's more than one player. Then you have a serious guys, problem. But then those guys can't go. They can't be part of it. They have to go. They have to go away and quarantine for two weeks or whatever it is. But the whole team can't be held accountable for those eight people when it could have most likely only came from one and then it spread. At that point, what are we doing here? What are we trying to get at? You're just trying to maliciously hurt the team. No, it's it's drastic actions. I'm not, I, I agree, but you have to have something that drastic in place but for the players to drastic. wake up. No, the players need to real to wake up when they see this, that they may lose a game or forfeit a game because they are not being held accountable. If you need to be professional, this is your job. Take it seriously. Um, They do take it seriously. Do they? I I would say 99.9% do. There's always going to be one person that doesn't. There's always one, right? There's always one that ruins it. Then find them and get them off your team because they don't deserve to be in the NFL. So but that's what I'm saying suspend them it could be 6 games it could be whatever but you are not you cannot physically force a team to forfeit a game simply because certain players and personnel you're talking about eight people contracted a virus okay there is no if everybody else tests negative that is more than enough for them to play the game of football on sunday when we're talking about this on tuesday and then what happens the next day when the the other team tests positive and more players on that team test positive we haven't seen that happen that has not snowballed right so let's not let it happen put some drastic protocols in place some drastic protocol they were sent home they were sent home. Nobody's allowed it in the facility until Saturday. That's drastic. That everybody, right? And what, what, if, what if today was Saturday? What if today was Saturday and we found it's this not. out? Um, it's not. This could happen at any point. Right now, COVID's not going anywhere. There's no vaccines an- right now. An- so answer me this. Answer what? me this. Three players, five personnel, right? Yeah. Okay. What is stopping the rest of the team from playing if they test negative? Because you don't know if they have it. We're they gonna test negative. That's what. That's what's telling me they don't have it. They tested negative. Negative. No. You, you, yes. need, you need. They're gonna have to test negative multiple times. That's the, what's gonna have to happen for the so for the Vikings on and Saturday for the Titans. Saturday and Sunday. Listen. It I just no especially when you have multiple people. It's not like it's an isolated incident. You you don't know the root cause. You don't know where it's stemming from, and if you don't know that you know, you might have a player who has a false negative, and, and then gets everybody infected. You're gonna need multiple days to figure that out, and in order to prevent but, them from from getting everybody else. Could a false negative could happen to any team that doesn't even have a positive test. So now, now you're just you're literally just throwing darts and seeing what sticks. And no. I'm, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm just not. I don't believe that this is a viable option for the NFL. NFL players need to be held accountable and you got to hit them where it hurts. And that's with wins. You take that away from them. They are going to pay attention. They are going to do what is necessary. Create, no, you hit them where they, it hurts, you suspend them for multiple games, and their team will get them straight. Because if you're on an NFL roster, you have a job to do. I mean, it they're already suspended anyway because one of COVID. Player player 53, it, right? But they're, they're suspended with pay if you're out with COVID. Suspend them without pay, an actual suspension. That's where it hurts. What, I mean, I don't these think that's... These players only get seven... Don't forget, these players only get 17 checks a year. 17. Right, with that's the minimum it. person making $500,000. Right, so if that $500,000 person misses six games, you have almost cut their entire money in half. Almost in half. How? I I don't understand your logic. You're suspending them. Yeah, for... How long are they suspending for? Uh, half I said a season. Six games. I said six games. I, I, n- <laughs> I don't know how you think that is uh, reasonable. I mean, but you're telling me an entire team needs. How, to how is yours to so? any different from mine? You're saying mine is unreasonable. Well, because it depends are... on how they contracted it. If there is an investigation, it says they went to a club or they went to a bar. They need to be suspended. But if there is no viable way to figure out how they did it, and you know, there's they they can do some contra- contact tracing. But if they can't figure it out, then how do you blame the the person? You can't. Do you think anybody wants to contract this this, this virus? No, no, but but. Have you contracted it? No. Have I? No. You know why? Because we isolate ourselves. We know- I also live in the state with the lowest amount of cases. It doesn't matter. All you have to do as a professional athlete, everything is at your facility. You don't need to- all your nutrition is there. All your weightlifting is there. All of your practices and your meetings are there. And then but you your go home. Is, All you need to telling, do is you're telling me that you can't be a part of your family for months on end because of your job. Only in the and small the, the certain situations where you may have a significant other or somebody living with you that is at high risk. As long as they are not going where anywhere unnecessary, they're only going to places they have to be, then you're fine. So what if family comes over and they're carrying? No, the no, negative? no. You, you, what? You can't go four months without seeing family. Really? <sighs> I, I think you're making this way more drastic than it needs to be. That this I, is how you not, get through to players. This is how you make them wake I up. I understand what you're trying to do, but it's not, it's not going to work because teams. A first of all, the NFL works for 31 owners, right? 31 owners are not going to approve forfeiting a game. They're just not. The NFL doesn't have the right to force a team to forfeit a game. They just don't. So there's no way that this gets implemented. However, if you can contact Trace, a player who was ignorant and selfish and went to a club or a bar or went out to a restaurant or whatever and didn't use, uh, you know, didn't take care of themselves and put other people at risk, I believe that they should be suspended and what if you can't and and what if they get away with it then then they got away with it there's no perfect answer there is a what if but this isn't baseball situation. where they can make the game up in a couple weeks you know that we don't that. have That's that, that luxury forfeiting is too drastic it's too much of a risk because you're telling me if, if you're, you're a patriots fan if if you know player 53 cash Maluya, contracts the virus and you're telling me that everybody on the Patriots has to forfeit the te- the game, yeah? Because no, yes, no. you need to. Everybody no. needs to be held accountable. And yeah. I know, I know, every single Patriot is going to be doing their job because that is what is ingrained to their head because of the, their coaching was, step. right? Just but but that's what, but that's the same mindset every single team needs to have. I don't care if you're on the Jets. Adam Gase needs to be getting through to his players and saying, "Listen, we all need to be to do what we have to do. If that means you don't get to see certain people, then so be it. You'll have to see him in January, January or March, whenever. Well, you know, everybody's got to gotta make. Sa- we're all making sacrifices. If you're a professional athlete, you're, you may have to make a couple more. Well, the Jets aren't waiting till March to see anybody. Um." All right, I, th- I think that's a good spot to leave that topic. Um, all right, so we did a, something a little different for you guys this week. Uh, it's a little interesting. I want to hear your feedback. I want to see if you guys are interested in this. As this is a show brought to you for fans by fans, uh, we wanted to start incorporating our followers and community into the conversation. One of our fans has been particularly vocal about his team and wanted to address it live on our show. Here is Kyle from New Jersey to discuss the current state of the New York Jets. All right. Kyle. What? I know I know that you have been struggling as a Jets fan for a long time. You think? <laughs> and you have some frustrations you want to get out like the rest of the Jets community. So, you think? Uh, where do you want to start? You want to
1: <laughs> where, where what do you do you even begin? I I I don't even know where to fucking start with 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 this team because I I mean do you start with the coaching? Do you start with the yeah? The, no, uh, let let's start with, with Adam Washington.
0: Gase. Let's start with the biggest problem. We all know it's Adam Gase. All right. So what, what what's what where do we where do the Jets move from here? Where what what happens next? What what needs to happen?
1: He needs to be gone. He needed to be gone. He needed to be gone the second we fucking hired him. I, I, I mean, I mean, you, you know, as soon as they uh, announced it, you guys knew that I was skeptical. I was like, "All right, well, maybe it'll work out." I'm gonna. He was horrible in Miami. He's shown nothing, no anywhere that he's an offensive guru.
0: Right, but can't you put any of this blame on Sam Darnold for just being a lackluster quarterback?
1: Can like you, you, you put any? Can you put the blame on Sam Darnold for playing with? With wide receivers four, five, and six on a depth chart, you put Patrick Mahomes on the Jets right now. You tell me what he's going to do. What do you think he would do?
0: I think he is going to put up more points than Darnold, but I don't think not he's not
1: by a... much. When he has a garbage offensive line, and you saw what he did yesterday, like yeah, it, he got two pick sixes, but you saw that play that that a uh, touchdown to Berrios. Yeah, right. That was like and the he, only thing he <laughs> has the ability. He has so much potential to be a Patrick Mahomes type player That's... because of, because of his no, because of his elusiveness, getting out of the pocket. Ninety five percent of of the dropbacks, the pocket collapses because our only good offensive lineman, Spectin, who's also hurt now, and we don't know what's going to happen with him. I can almost guarantee you he's probably not going to play Thursday, which I think is in our favor, because I want us to lose by 30, because then we have a, we have a week and a half to get another coach in there and get rid of that fucking op, that that narcissistic, egotistical asshole that thinks that he is an offensive guru, because Peyton Manning said so. Because we're going to go off of the words of Peyton Manning. Someone, if you, if you want to talk about conspiracy theories, Peyton Manning's never liked the Jets. Remember that he, I didn't, he foregoed, I forgot which draft it was. I don't know if it was 97 or 98. The Jets were picking number one. He was like, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play my senior year. Because he didn't want to go to the Jets. Next year he went to the Colts and had a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame career, obviously. So you think Christopher Johnson, being as naive as he is, be like, oh, Peyton Manning, he wants what's best for the Jets. Hire Adam Gase. That would be a great idea. He's going to really develop Sam Darnold. And why are you telling me? You're going to tell me that he's going to develop Sam Darnold. Meanwhile, since he's been here, Darnold has done nothing but regress. I just don't All know how I you— There's examples of it. Look at fucking Ryan Tannehill. Look at him. Look at what he's doing now that he is away from Adam Gase.
0: He's, I mean, yeah, he's doing better, but can you say?
1: Now, is he living up to the potential of being, when was he, I know he was a first-round pick, but I think he was a top-ten pick. Right?
0: Uh, Yeah, I believe so.
1: Right. So, his first three years... He was under offensive guru and quarterback whisperer Adam Gase, and he was hot garbage. Then he went to Tennessee, and I wouldn't say he led them to the AFC Championship game, but he did a pretty good part. Oh, and they're 3-0 and right now, partially because Tannehill has been playing really well. He's on my bench in fantasy, and he's putting up points. Listen, ba- ba-
0: let's let's just talk about the Jets. I I still don't believe but, but, that. But it, but it's a salient point
1: because Tannehill got away from Adam Gase and he's playing like a like I would say a top fifteen quarterback in the league right now. You don't think Sam Donald, if and when he gets away from Adam Gase, whether it's away from Adam Gase or away from the Jets as a whole, you don't think he is going to flourish? You can't tell me that this kid doesn't have hasn't had flashes of an insane talent
0: yeah I think that he has potential but I don't think it all falls on Adam Gase I think Adam Gase is definitely a huge problem for the Jets but I think Joe Douglas as much as you like him he's a problem because he refuses to pay anybody and how can you get him weapons Sam Darnold's weapons
1: rebuilding a team remember
0: how rebuilding a team we you loved the, the offensive lineman he brought in,
1: what's that done for him? It's worse than last year. I wouldn't say it's worse than last year. You can't get much worse than last year.
0: How but... many times... Uh, Darnold's been sacked over and over and over. He's been rushed out of the pocket Actually, countless
1: he, times. He, well He was rare. I think he was only sacked once last year. I mean, I mean last year. Uh, last week. Yesterday. Because he is that damn good on his feet. He's... He's insane. Like... The, how he throws on the move, there is the potential with this kid, and the Jets are sabotaging him. I know we said it as a joke three years ago when he was, oh, another Jets quarterback that's going to be ruined by the organization. We were like, ha, and you know we couldn't, you know, I was like, they can't possibly do that. This kid has too much potential, and you you've seen the potential. But then you have the play calling. Then you have Gase saying, oh, he's, he has Donald on such a short leash. Why? Is it because that he throws, that he makes some errant throws here and there that you don't want to see in the third-year quarterback? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there there are throws that he makes that are questionable, at the very least. That's That's putting it lightly. But... <sighs> The play calling is a problem. Give it to Gore, run up the middle. Give it to Bellage. Why not give it to LaMichael Pirine?
0: Well, I so mean, if you go back...
1: That looked really good. Why aren't you giving him time in garbage time? Because out, after the first two minutes of the first quarter, for the last three weeks, every minute the Jets play has been garbage time.
0: Right, but if you really think about it, this is exactly what Gase wanted. He he said it at the beginning of the year. He was like, I like Frank Gore a lot. He looks like he did in 2009. And he hates, we all know he hates Le'Veon Bell. With Le'Veon
1: out of the picture. And that's why he needs to go. (laughs) That's why he needs to go. That's why he needs to be fired it's going to I just take, don't ex- if he's not fired by the end of today that means he is going to be coaching the team and being on the sidelines on Thursday on a nationally televised game against another injury ravaged team and you want to know what's it's going to happen it's going to take another nationally televised embarrassment by a team that is just as injury ravaged as we are it's going to take another t- nationally televised embarrassment for them to finally get the hint. Well, they got the hint. I think Mortensen reported that, like, Jets Brass is getting the hint. Gase is officially on the hot seat.
0: I mean, is it Jets Brass or, or Johnson? It's Jets Brass. It's Jets Brass.
1: Like, the just executives, and I'm assuming Chris Johnson's one of them, but didn't you see what he tweeted yesterday? I did not. Yeah, so, here, let me pull it up. Because it's it's definitely a thing now. They're They're taking notice to what... The media is saying about him, what the fans are saying. I mean, you look at any Jets post; every single, every single comment in the bottom is fire gates, fire hashtag fire But
0: so, but do you believe if this Jets team was fully healthy, that they would be doing better? That they may have will win at this point. Do you think they could have beaten the Colts yesterday at a, at full strength? Say C.J. Mosley never opted out.
1: Um. I mean, they would be a much better team if they weren't playing with a practice squad of wide receivers.
0: I mean, that's fair. I
1: feel like Berrios yeah, for... is, has you been... Think... Barrios <laughs> has been good. I, I like what Berrios has done. I'm not going to lie. But that doesn't take away the fact that Mims hasn't played it down. Crowder has been out since week one. Perryman has been out. Um, There's one other one. Cager. Well, Cager just got brought up yesterday, and he looked good. Why weren't we throwing to him more? Ask our fucking dumbass head coach. What about Herndon? Herndon, give me one good reason why Gase can't run two tight ends out there. Ryan Griffin, now Ryan Griffin had a really bad drop yesterday. But, Ryan Griffin's a solid tight end. Herndon can be a solid tight end. Why do you keep on using Frank Gore to try to get yourself back into a game?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, why? It's Adam Gase's guy. That's it. That's that's yeah, end of story.
1: And guy's gotta fuck off. That's all there is to it. Um, hang on, hang on. Jets coach Adam Gase is under more intense scrutiny this week, and it's not just the external noise from media or fans. Leak sources say even with injuries, Jets brass monitoring this week closely today versus Colts, but perhaps more telling is Thursday night versus Broncos. Interesting one.
0: What do you think needs to happen on Thursday in order for Gates to get fired? Anything that's is happened it, the last three weeks. So so not just a loss, but like a devastating loss. Like, yeah. isn't, it, isn't it big enough just to lose to a backup quarterback that's out of their, they don't have their wide receiver one, their cornerback one. They, they're missing a bunch of weapons as well. Von Miller's are you out. Are talking about the Niners or the Broncos? I'm talking about the Broncos. The Broncos uh, are down... the
1: Niners were the same thing. No, yeah. The, yeah, the Niners are in the same shape as the Broncos, Which but... Then again, but then again, Nick Mullins shit on the Giants, too. I think they think he put up, what, like 350 yards?
0: Yeah, I mean, yards don't really matter. Points do, but... Well,
1: they put up 36 points.
0: Yeah, well, we're talking about the Giants, not, you know, an elite team. So... I just think the, the Broncos who are looked at as a mediocre team, especially now with all the injuries they've had, if they go out and outscore the Jets by fourteen points, which I think is reasonable,
1: is that enough? I wonder what the spread is. I wonder if the spreads are even out.
0: But but if, if it's a one touchdown game, is that if, if say it's a twenty one to seven game or twenty one to fourteen game, Broncos win? Do you, right. Is that enough for the Brats to go ahead and say,
1: it's time to call it? I think it depends on how the play calling goes and how the game but goes it, as a whole. I it, mean, it, the, I mean uh, you, you look at the final score of week one. We lost to the Bills by 10 points. Was it really that close of a game?
0: Right, but how, how much are Jets fans going to keep thinking... Oh, he gives us one decent game where where it's it's close to until the end, but we still lose. But so we should give him more time. How many times are are they gonna continue you to go just find,
1: you go find me a Jets fan that thinks that they that that Gace still wants this
0: that, that no? I hear it from you. You think that he has a couple good play calls, and you're like, well, maybe there's something there. You're not. <laughs> when was the last time I said that? You uh, last time the Jets, last season, the back half of last season when the Jets were winning some games you thought that Adam Gase might be able to do something.
1: I didn't say Adam Gase might be able to do something. I said the team itself might be able to do something. Darnold looked really good down the stretch. Did I think watching those games, that week three of this year, he would throw three interceptions, two of them being returned for touchdowns? No, I didn't think that. Now, given all of that, this kid doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't have receivers that can get open. Now, was it, a best, was it the best idea to keep on throwing in the way of Xavier Rhodes? Probably not. But how much you want to bet that Gase has him on such a short leash that he's just saying, oh, this is the play, you drop back, and you throw it to him no matter what. I don't know who, I think it was probably Berrios that he was trying to throw to. Okay, well, the... He has neutered Sam Darnold to the point where he has no freedom to call an audible, no freedom to do anything, because let's listen to the offensive genius, and then he acts so pumped, takes no blame on himself, puts blame on his players, which, yes, I know this is exactly what he did in Miami, and how he got, and how he just... Completely lost the locker room. Well, guess what? That's where he is now. I guarantee you, they're gonna go out there next week. I mean, I mean, you you heard Avery Williamson and uh, McDougal go like go on Fan and say, "Yeah, we're not practicing hard enough." Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like what they're doing. The only one that's saying good things about the coach is Darnold, and I don't get why. I don't get that. I don't know what.
0: He's I mean, he's he, he's scared to speak out. And I don't blame him. He's still a young quarterback. He's only three years into this league. I just, I, I, I wouldn't expect him to speak out. He doesn't
1: really know anything else besides Adam Gase. And, and that's, and that's why I'm saying if he does get traded somewhere, and we do end up with Lawrence, I mean.
0: Well, that's I, my next question. I want. I just wanted to know quickly. W- do it it looks like the the jets are going to be the worst team and have the first overall pick do you well, think
1: we're, we're contending with like the giants
0: and i i but you got to realize that the jets are the afc east is in the heart has the hardest schedule this season so it's not going to get any easier it's probably just going to get worse mm-hmm. so the the jets are going to struggle the remainder of the season injuries are going to occur even more if you get if you get Lawrence or Fields, or have the opportunity to get Lawrence or Fields with the one or two pick, do you move on from Darnold? I know it's a tough question, but three years of seeing what Sam Darnold has done and taking the team nowhere, not even shown a glimmer of hope. And I, I think, I know you want to think there's something there, but I truly don't think there's anything Sam there. Sam
1: Darnold himself. Is shown glimmers of hope.
0: I just don't think you, how can you pass up I on generational talent? Do. How can you pass up on generational talent like Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence?
1: Yes, yes, that's that's the caveat. The, do you do that?
0: Because you could probably, I, I, in my opinion, now, you you, in, in my opinion, you move on from Darnold, you could probably still get a second, maybe first round pick for him because he's still a young quarterback with, with a lot of upside. So I think you can get something there and then you can go and get him some weapon, uh, get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, a a receiver or an O lineman or something, you know, something, you know, you still have Le'Veon Bell there for a couple more years. So I think that there, there are pieces. I think you also need Joe Douglas to loosen the purse strings and not be afraid to spend some money.
1: There's reasons why he didn't spend money on, on, on certain players. I mean, he's trying to build a team, It's and, and we're building it a different way. You saw how McCagnan tried to build his team by blowing $100 million, getting C.J. Mosley, overpaying for a guy like Tremaine Johnson. Uh, I wouldn't say overpaying for Bell because... He, that dude can still play. I know he can still play. He's just not being, he's just not allowed to. I, yes, I know he's injured, but, man, it, it, so, they need, I wouldn't want another quarterback unless, obviously, the number one thing being that Gase is gone, which, like I said, I think may very well happen by Friday.
0: All right. So, last three things before we close this out. I want to hear your top three moves the Jets need to make in order to be successful within the next five years.
1: Well, I
0: mean, get Ob- a coach. Right. Obviously, move on from Gates and get a uh, coach.
1: That's, that's that's the number one thing. You go out and get someone like the enemy. Right. Or get someone from. uh. The NCAA, someone like prize someone like Lincoln Riley away. Mm-hmm. Like, do what the Cardinals did and get Clef Kingsbury, and that's worked out pretty damn well, if you ask me. Um, okay. Get, get get someone from there. Get someone who is not proven to be
0: garbage
1: like Gase was when we brought him in. He showed no signs, he showed no promise. Okay. Take a chance on someone that has a better record.
0: Okay, so so get uh, number one, move on from gaze, get a new quarterback, uh, get a new head coach. What's number two? I mean, uh,
1: personally, you need to give Darnold a chance. Okay, these last few years, he hasn't had weapons. He hasn't had the tools to succeed. No matter which way you look at it. Because now, we got, we got some tools for him. Becton is going to protect the quarterback's blind side for a very long time. He has looked fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. That whole play yesterday, where he was scrambling around for the touchdown, Becton did so—if you looked at Becton and what he was doing, the whole entire offensive line was collapsing. Becton was the only one holding his ground. He got his guy, he held him, he did his job. He looks like he's fantastic. Um,
0: OK, so Le'Veon,
1: Le'Veon Bell is a weapon. I, I, I mean, you need to use him as a weapon. He is such a versatile weapon. Right. And I, on week one, the, he made some really good catches. He was being used as a fucking receiver.
0: Yeah, and all those things are going to come. all those players are going to be utilized better with a new head coach. I understand that. So the with that said, you know you we are going to move on from Gase, Get a new head coach. We're going to give Darnold, uh, uh, more opportunities to prove himself to be the franchise of the Jets. What's the last thing the Jets need to do, in order to to be successful in the near future, or to at least be trending in the right direction?
1: I mean, those are really the two things. Get a better. I think man You really? You believe in Joe Douglas? You yes.
0: serious? Yes, I do. You. Right, what about what about a corner, a position that you guys have been struggling since since Revis has been there. Right. So, yeah. so you don't want to fill like obviously you have C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson. You still have no, Quentin Quind- Quind- Williams. Of,
1: there are a lot of holes we gotta fill. There's a lot of holes we gotta fill.
0: What What would you rather have a, a number one corner or a number one receiver?
1: For our quarterback's sake, number one wide receiver.
0: Okay, so so we're gonna get rid of Gase, give Darnold a shot, and do that by giving him a wide receiver
1: one. But that's the thing. Do you give Darnold one last shot with a new coach? I mean, he still has
0: two years under his contract on his contract. Right,
1: right. And if you now say hypothetically we do get that first overall pick, you can trade back and get sure. an absolute haul. You can. can get Darnold that, you know, you draft back to, say, three or four, and Jamar Chase is still there. Mm-hmm. And you get, like, an extra second-round pick or whatever, or another, or, or, or a really good offensive lineman or something like that, or a good corner, whatever. Joe Douglas has shown that he's, I think he's, he knows what he's doing with the draft. Becton, so far, is the highest-rated offensive rookie. And he was drafted... When did we
0: draft I think I believe he was drafted 11th.
1: 10th or 11th. Right? Yep. So, he got him. He did what he did, um, trading back twice. And still right. getting the receiver that he wanted in Mims at, <laughs> I think, 51 or 52.
0: Yeah, he's the, cl- the, the, he's the made point. good moves. I just... I don't see the value if you're not going to spend the cap you have to have to make your team successful.
1: Well, we originally that cap a big cap of that part of that cap was supposed to go to Jamal, and he had a bitch fit and gave us no other choice but to trade him. In
0: That's which you did. accepted a second round pick.
1: It's more than the second. Oh, round you got pick. you got a,
0: you got a first round pick, right?
1: Yeah. Now, given it was from Seattle and it's going to be it's a late motor pick, um, but I th- I think he knows what he's doing. I really do. It's just gonna take time because McCagnon put us in such a deep hole. He burned a lot of money on players, a lot, and it's gonna it, it's we're restarting the rebuild again. Yeah, I mean that's, it's that's, it's that's, that's the truth.
0: It's just one of those things, and it's something that the Jets are gonna have to deal with for the rest of the season. No matter what happens with Gase or what happens with Darnold, you're still gonna have to deal with the schedule ahead of you and the play the injuries that you have no matter what, this season is pretty much lost for the Jets, and you have to accept that, look forward to the future, and see what you can get in the draft next year. You have a lot of draft capital. Trevor Lawrence could be uh, you know, within reach for you guys. So I think there's a lot of hope to, to, to be had moving forward. So Jets fans need to, to realize that this isn't going to be forever. And I, I know we, we keep saying that, but it's eventually going to come to an end, and the end seems to be close
1: all right i wouldn't say the end is close
0: i i would say if if they if the brass is making the right moves like they want to like they say they're going to make then this should be a not a quick turnaround but a, a good turnaround
1: if we get the right coach
0: i mean you listen doesn't matter who you get you're gonna be better than gaze it, it, it simple as
1: that yeah i think Ray williams will be a much much higher <laughs> upgrade
0: all right, Kyle. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us. Uh, uh, we have, we'll we we'll have to come back to this later on when Gase gets fired and uh, see who the next head coach is of the New York Jets. Thank you all for tuning in. This was a great conversation from the NBA, the UFC, and the NFL. Uh, thank you for... Uh, thank you to Kyle for coming in and talking about the New York Jets. Him and Nick had a great conversation. It was fun to listen to. Uh, please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Much appreciated. We want to get as many fans in here to talk about their fan bases, to talk about their fandom, talk about uh, the issues that they see with their teams in any sport uh, so we can move forward uh, doing this. We love having you guys. We love talking to you. We say it every week. Um, with that being said, I hope you all have a great week. Uh, stay, stay healthy, stay safe, take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Peace and love, baby.